my name now, Father Ogochuku Woke. The community where I belong now, Shonstadt Fathers. The church is for life. You are against life, then you are out of the church. You may just make one post, one post that uplifts the spirit. Don't know the situation someone is facing. And then the person's life is transformed. The person is relieved. Catholic podcast. I am very happy. I am very delighted to start this journey with you guys. I know with your help, with your comments, with your reactions, with your listens, most importantly, this will be a very beautiful journey. I welcome you officially to the first episode of this podcast. Joining me today is Reverend Father Ugochuku Ugoke, a Shuen Stats father. He's my friend, my brother, a spiritual director. I'm very glad I'm very happy to have him on the podcast today for being the first guest. I'm really delighted he created enough time to, to be here today. Father, thank you for coming. Introduce yourself so that the listeners of the podcast can know you better. Okay. Thank you for inviting me and I'm happy to be the debut speaker for this podcast. My name is Father Ugochuku Woke and I belong to the community of the Sean Start Fathers. We are an international community of Fathers, we are based in Ibado, but then we work in different places, both in Nigeria and outside of Nigeria. I know Father does not want to introduce himself fully and talk about his, his online parish, but we will still get to that. Sincerely, thank you, Father, for accepting this, this proposal to be our first guest on the podcast. I'm very, very, very delighted to have you. I've been waiting for this opportunity to be able to speak with you. I will tell you a very little story. The first time I encountered Father on Twitter... So I, I hope Father can remember this. There is this popular doctor on Twitter, a Nigerian doctor, Doctor Lufumilayo. I don't know if he's if, if he's a him. He said something about Mary being a surrogate mother. People were accepting his views. They were saying we should not talk bad about surrogacy because Mary herself is a surrogate mother and so on. I saw Father's reply, Father's thread, and I was like, Jesus, this is this is too wonderful. I had to pin that thread on my profile for some weeks because it just captivated me. I don't know if I can remember that time. Yes, I do remember very well. <laughs> it was a post, a medical doctor, knowledge of medicine to explain what happens in theology. So I felt that, no, that wasn't his area. So he shouldn't have delved into that. That was why I made that post in order to debunk his claims. Yeah, it was a very wonderful debunk or rebuttal. It was very wonderful. Father, before we start proper, can you tell us a little about the Shuen Stats Fathers? And I think I've told Father this before. The first time I knew the Shuen Stats Fathers, I and my friend were checking on some religious others and we're just checking the images. And there was this particular one that came out that, that was coming out frequently with this Marian Shrine, Marian Shrine. And we checked it. Institute of Shuen Stats, like, we've never heard of this before. And it's even in Nigeria, in Ibadan. Father, give us, give us a glimpse, a summary of what the apostolate, the founder, just a summary about the the other. The community of the Schoenstatt Fathers is a part of a bigger family because the Schoenstatt Fathers community belongs to the Schoenstatt movement. Mm. And in the Schoenstatt movement, there are different communities. We have community of the sisters, we have community of the brothers, we have the, the branch of the youth, the branch of the family. And then we have the community of the fathers as one of the members of the Schoenstatt movement. 
And the totality of Schoenstatt movement was founded by um, a German priest, Father Joseph Kentenich. The process of his canonization is on at the moment, so he is the founder of the Schoenstatt movement and our founder as well. Schoenstatt movement is a movement in the Catholic Church for the renewal of the society. Then it is a Marian movement to work in all the branches of the Schoenstatt movement. So we are based in Nebado. That is where we have um, our formation houses. And uh, here too we have the Marian Shrine, the, the popular Marian Shrine you spoke about. <laughs> it is the only one we have in Nigeria at the moment. Hoping that as we expand, we'll be able to have more in other parts of the country. Basically, that is um, the much I can say at the moment about the Shonstadt Fathers, who we are and what we do and where we are at the moment in the country. Um, thank you, Father, for, for that. I really love that other. And I was I was reading about the life of the founder some, some months ago about the process of the canonization and his life and everything. I, I just pray we'll be canonized very soon. So, Father, today we'll be discussing about becoming a Catholic witness. Becoming a Catholic witness. When we say Catholic witness, that's a person that testifies or gives witness about the catholic faith about christianity and about jesus since this is a Niger podcast now we will podcast we'll be focusing mainly on the nigerian church and how we can become catholic with in the nigerian church we know that the level is not that i unlike when you see jehovah witness when you see pentecostals when you see so many people going out day to day day to day and don't quote me i know some people still do this some Catholics do this, but just few of them. It is not, it is not common among Catholics. I, I think Father can agree with me on that. It's, it's not, it's not a popular thing among Catholics to, to evangelize, to share the faith, to talk to people. They just, we, we, we feel we are just on our own and stuff like that. Father, why is this common in the Nigerian Church? Why is this lukewarmness in witnessing about Catholicism? not common in in the nigerian church where we lapse in that in that aspect okay um your observation is very right but i wouldn't say that that aspect of evangelization is totally lacking in the catholic church in nigeria perhaps we are not evangelizing the way pentecostals are doing this but doesn't mean we are not doing anything at all when it comes to the area of evangelism. Perhaps in the past that was the case, but then at the moment I think there is a new reawakening, especially among young Catholics who are taking hold of the role of evangelism, going out there to evangelize. I remember here in our parish where, where I work, a group of people who always do that. And almost all the pious societies we have in the Catholic Church in Nigeria, you know, they're engaging in, in evangelism. The groups of Legion of Mary, you see them doing their Legion work. That's an evangelical work. Yes, that's true. But then the problem is that the way we Catholics do evangelism is not the way Pentecostals do evangelism. And that is why most often people do not see us do these things because we, we don't do them, we don't broadcast them. But we still engage in evangelism. But that doesn't mean we are doing much. We still need to do more. We need to do more when it comes to evangelism. Yes. 
since you said we need to do more that means it is necessary to evangelize it is necessary to testify about this faith what is the reason for the necessity why is it a must why can't we just be christians and just be christians why must we tell others why must we why is it necessity for every individual catholic to to witness to to evangelize if a witness as you said is one who bears testimony one who testifies on on behalf of someone else or about an event that he or she uh, has witnessed or experienced either directly or indirectly and why it is important that we as christians we as catholics that we evangelize is because it is it is our, our duty it's our duty because we all are called to be witnesses before the world to the good news proclaimed by jesus we are meant to be to be a sign of jesus christ in the world and to reflect christ in our day-to-day lives you remember before christ ascended into heaven he gave a charge to his disciples and the charge that he gave to them is for them to be witnesses Mm, yes. To the ends of the earth. You can read that in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. You can also find that in Luke, Luke chapter 24, verse 48. So today we are the disciples of Jesus. So the task that Christ gave to his disciples before his ascension, as today's disciples of Jesus, we have the responsibility of continuing the task of bearing witness to our Christian faith. So we have the task of continuing what the apostles did in their time. That has to be continued also in our time. So we have to be evangelizers. So it's a mandate given to us by Christ. And as long as we are Christians, we have to bear witness to our faith and to our Lord and Master. Okay. Becoming a Catholic witness, are we meant to only evangelize to um, only Catholics or only to non-Christians or everybody at large? Because some people feel, and I've heard many Catholics say that, you don't need to tell anybody to come to your church. It is really very unnecessary. You don't need to tell anybody about your church once the person is a Christian, once the person believes in Jesus. So, becoming a Catholic witness, are we to tell everybody or are we to tell people that are, are not Christians? Yes, whether we can only evangelize Catholics or we can just evangelize anyone. So, we can just... Is that the question? Yes, can we... Should we go... Should we evangelize other people that are not Catholics or should we evangelize only non-Christians? Because most people believe that there is no need to evangelize Christians like us. Since they believe in Jesus, there's really no point evangelizing to them that we should only speak to people that are not Christians at all. So is, is that the right mentality to, to evangelization? Okay, I think to answer your question, we have to look at the goal of the evangelization what is it get towards i think evangel- the goal of evangelization is for the conversion of hearts not particularly that you convert them to join you in your own faith but that through your evangelism you make them be better persons you make them be virtuous people and if that is the case then evangelization shouldn't have a boundary and it shouldn't be meant for selected persons or for those who profess the same faith with us. Remember when Christ sent his disciples, he asked them, go to the ends of the earth. So there is no boundary to evangelism. So we have to evangelize everyone. Not particularly, the purpose is not for them to come live their own faith to join us. 
No, the, the purpose is for us to bring the gospel of Christ to them. And the good news of Christ is that we all live good lives. So, and if that is the case, then we have to take it to everyone, even those who are Christians and even those who are Catholics. We also have to evangelize Catholics who are not living the, the Catholic faith. There's this term that we always hear every time. Most times it comes up often and often. And the term is the, the new evangelization. I think it's a common term that that was coined in the Vatican II document about new evangelization. There's this attitude before pre-Vatican II that most Catholics feel the work of evangelizing, the work of witnessing is only for priests or for clergy. They don't need to do anything to it. Now, at least we have so many apologists, we have so many teachers, we have so many people defending the faith that are not priests. And I think it's a nice development, sincerely. Is it a way to just evangelize radically different from the way we evangelized before? Or is it just a new strategy? Or what does it entail when Vatican II talks about new evangelization? Yeah, you know, times and things evolve. And uh, day in, day out, you keep seeing new things spring up and all of that. Vatican II, the whole agenda behind Vatican II was to update, to open the doors, open the windows so that new air can come in and then air that is not good can go out. So in, so it was a way of looking for better ways of improving our life as Catholics. And uh, one of the things they looked at is on how to be better evangelizers, on how to bring the faith to other people. And uh, I think it is one thing in our time that we really need to pay attention to. Prior to Vatican II, there were so many um, misconceptions about the faith. Remember also there was this belief that holiness of life was only reserved for some certain yes. for some certain people. Mm-hmm. Maybe for you to live a holy life, you have to separate yourself from the world, go into the bush, live there like a monk or go behind walls in a cloister as a nun or a monk because the world was seen then was sinful and for one to live in the world then you can't live a holy life but then one of the things that Vatican II did was to promote that every Christian by virtue of our baptism we are called to holiness and even in our ordinary day, day um, life activities we can still live holy lives by sanctifying the ordinary things of life. A few days ago, or was that yesterday that we celebrated the the, 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 the feast day of um, Saint Jose Maria Escriva, the same of ordinary life. So these are men who came uh, after Vatican II, or even before Vatican II, he was already there uh, propounding his, uh, his theories. But then these are some of the things that came up after Vatican II. Then also, um, the idea of new evangelization is of about looking for new ways of bringing our faith to the doorpost of other people, because the faith has to be in conversation. Yes. It has to be in conversation. And today, I think very many young people are doing that, both on and off the media. I'm always happy when I see young people who use their social media handles to propagate their faith <laughs> it's not easy sure. it wasn't, it wasn't, yeah it wasn't there before 
But nowadays, you see people who are not shy, who are not afraid to tell people, I am a Catholic, this is what I believe in. And then you see that on your post. <laughs> so I think always, I always keep saying that, yeah, we are the right direction, but there is always a um, place for us to do more. Improve. We've been talking about communicating Catholic witness, evangelization, and so on and so forth. This this is to everybody. This is the main part of, of the discussion. Since evangelizing, since witnessing to Christ and to the faith is a necessity, is an obligation given to us by Jesus Christ, how can we do this? And you, you already mentioned what I, I wanted to even ask you about uh, St. Jose Maria Escriva, the, the saints of, of the ordinary people or the ordinary living, as we may call it. Most people don't they, they don't feel there's a way they can evangelize. For example, I am a banker and I go to work by seven, I come back seven. Who do I meet? Where do I have the chance to start telling people about, about my faith, about Jesus Christ? So what are the different ways in which in which you can you can truly witness? In which you can truly witness? What are the methods? What are the ways you can do this? Because as you said sincerely, we really need to make men to be full of virtues good virtues we really need to tell people about christ we really need to tell people about the beauty of the church so how can we do this how can we do since we have to improve okay i think that is a that's a good question how can we bear witness how can we be witnesses you gave the instance of a banker who leaves the house in the morning at 7 a.m and comes back at 7 p.m and then such a person will be giving the excuse, I do not have time because my work takes the whole of my time. So when the person comes back at night, the person is exhausted and then the next thing that the person eats and then sleeps. We can evangelize and then we can bear witnesses in different ways. Since we have said that to bear witness to our faith in Jesus is to make Jesus present to everyone we meet. We can do this maybe in three ways, through our word, through our action, and through our attitude. Because we cannot bear witness to our faith in the same way. The way I, as a priest, bear witness to my faith won't be the same way that a banker who leaves the house at 7 and comes back at 7 in the, in the evening will also bear witness to, to his or her faith. So we bear witness to our faith differently and through our word through our action through our attitude a banker that is sincere with with his or her duties as an example to others that is already a way of bearing witness to his or her faith mm. not only by preaching the word because in most cases the most effective way of bearing witness is not just by word it's by action and through our action we make Jesus present so that when somebody sees us do something or he sees, oh, this is Christ-like, oh, he's a Christian because to, to be a Christian is to be like Christ. So if our actions are Christ-like, if our attitudes are Christ-like, then we are already bearing witness. Don't need to wait until we come into the church before we can bear witness. We bear witness wherever we find ourselves. Where do we start from? We start from where we are. From your workplace, 
from your home among your friends remember that passage of the bible that said most often in in trying to preach to people not necessarily using word through our attitude a worker who is very punctual and who is always there on time who does his or her duty conscientiously is already evangelizing to others because people will begin to ask oh there's there's something different about you there's something different from the way you do things. You don't take bribe like other people do. Mm-hmm. Yes. And oh, I, you don't do all the silly things that other people do. You don't engage in immoralities. You don't do fraud. When people begin to ask that question, then maybe that is only when when word is needed for you to explain to them. But why I do that is because I'm a Catholic. But in the first place, you need to evangelize wherever you are. So begin with your action. Your action should be the first tool of evangel- of doing or bearing witness to Christ. So nobody will give any excuse that either he or she does not have time to evangelize because wherever you find yourself you have to evangelize because one of the things we complain about about in nigeria is that we have so many catholics there in nigerian politics we have so many um, christians in nigerian politics even pastors who are in, into politics <laughs> but these catholics these pastors they have lost their voice hmm. immoralities are going on so many evils are being perpetrated, perpetrated on, on the daily basis but then they are not doing anything by virtue of our baptism, we are all called to be prophets. But very many of us have lost our prophetic voice. Mm. Evil is going on around us, we keep mute. And when we keep mute in the face of evil, we become accomplices. There is no single method of doing evangelism. There is no single method of bearing witness. We bear witness to our faith differently according to our state of life, according to our, the circumstances around us. A student who is in school bears witness to his or her faith differently by being obedient, by not engaging in my practice. Same with a teacher. A teacher in school, you become a witness. You bear witness to your faith by knowing that your duty as a teacher, that you are shaping the mind of the nation. You are shaping the conscience, you are forming the the conscience of the nation. Not by exploiting the students under your care, by being a father or a mother to the students under your care. So it is with others who work in other, other places. And in this way, we bear witness to our faith and make the world a better place. Imagine if we all are doing this in our, in our respective places of work and in our different careers. The world would be a better place. But the problem is that the person you find in the church is different from the person you find in either in his or her workplace. Because we believe it's only in the church that we can yeah. bear witness. Yeah. Why out there in the places where we find ourselves in society, on in our day-to-day life, then we forget about we forget the fact that we are even our identity is lost in the midst of the world. So let us begin from where we are to bear witness. Let us begin from what we say, from what we do, and from how we comport ourselves. Mm. To to evangelize with with our lives, to evangelize with our lives. I I have this question, Father. Is it is it enough just to evangelize with our life without saying it? Because we know in our world now, we are in a world of nobody cares. Nobody cares if you are punctual. Nobody cares if you are. Nobody cares about your life. Nobody wants to know. You understand? Is it enough to live? And I know there's a necessity and it is, that's the most important to evangelize, to witness through your actions, through your life. But is it enough? Do we need do, do we need to back it up with okay? 
telling people about Jesus, uh, maybe through our social media, maybe through through other platforms and stuff like that, is witnessing through our life enough for for evangelization to be a, to be a true witness? Of course, of course. <laughs> like I said, there are different means. Different means. There is no single way of evangelizing. The circumstance will will dictate the form that is suitable. There are places where you find yourself know that words are not so much needed. Perhaps you need more of action. There are other places also where you find yourself know that oh you only need to tell people mm-hmm. yes. by word of mouth about your Christian faith. So circumstances will, will, will determine the means to be adopted in evangelizing people. So there is no hard and fast rule to it. So um, one has to discern the best method that works out. Um, thank you for that. So before before we continue, we just like to have lights breaker now. So as I was saying earlier, um, while we began the the episode, I was talking about Father being our our online parish priest on Twitter, he even hosted us on Twitter every day, twice daily during the month of May, which which is the month of May. He kept on. We we had this Twitter space where we always had the rosary, and till today I don't know how Father was able to manage up with that uh, obligation. For me, I I think I attended for the first week or two weeks, and I was just I was off. I was off but father kept on doing this doing it doing it sincerely father it's i don't know how you, how you did it but it's amazing tell us the time you you felt like leaving twitter let me just leave this place because we all have those moments where we feel i'm, I'm just tired let me just leave this internet let me just leave this twitter let me just leave this instagram tell us the moment when you felt like that and why what made you feel like that what frustrated you to want to leave Twitter at the point? Okay, you know, since you're you're asking questions about um, my activities, my witnessing on Twitter, perhaps before uh, telling you how or what what have made me leave, maybe I will tell you what brought me to Twitter in the first place. Yes, I wanted to ask actually uh, in my mind my that. Twitter hand. Yeah, why did okay. Father choose Twitter? I wanted to ask, but it just keep my mind. So that can give us the full gist. Want, want to know? Okay, I've I've always had a Twitter account. I think my account should should be ten years now. Wow. So, or this should be the eleventh year even, because last year I remember I got a notification that I've been on Twitter for ten years. But then I've not always used my Twitter handle for for evangelism yes i know one thing with twitter is you open an account <laughs> and then you make few posts and then there are no tractions no engagements <laughs> and then the next thing is that oh you feel you're wasting your time here so you want to leave <laughs> and then before you know it you come back again and then it continues and most often if care is not taken i think the twitter is a bit addictive if one is not being careful, mm. one needs to be disciplined too on how to use that. Yes, yes. So, but then when I started making um, 
full use of my Twitter handle for evangelism was during the lockdown. During the lockdown, everybody was at home. The doors of the churches were closed. And uh, people, we needed to reach out to our people. <laughs> and they were, people were using different means to reach out to people. And uh, I was making posts from time to time also, both on Facebook and on Twitter. But then I remember from the post I was making on Twitter, I was having a lot of engagement. And then I noticed people were also enjoying the post. And then I kept on doing that. So from time, and then before I knew it, um, the number of followers I had I have on Twitter was growing. And then you notice you're making impact in the life of, yeah? I said celebrity father. <laughs> <laughs> so and then you notice you're making impact in the life of the people so that is what has kept me going on on twitter and i am surprised at how far we have grown and how far we have never been to build a catholic community on twitter mm. yeah you mentioned that twitter parish priest or what i don't know <laughs> i don't know i really don't know how that came about but then i know where you have uh, the space for, for location on Twitter. I didn't put location. I said online um, parish online community, parish. online Twitter community. I can't remember again what I have there, but something close to that. And then from there, people said, okay, then you are a parish priest. We can always come to you for, for, for parish things and all of that. And then oh, from time to time, someone said, okay, since we now have a parish here on Twitter, maybe I can be the catechist. Maybe I can be the 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 CW um, president maybe I can be the lady president and all of that so so most often it is fun it is fun but other times too you will find reasons that will make you quit because Twitter is a is a is a civic space is a public space you are not the only person there and most of the contents you find there in most cases you find contents that may seem repulsive to you and in most cases when you find those things you you feel like oh maybe this is not the best place for me to be maybe i have to leave and also from time to time too being on twitter can because of some toxic things that people share there and some of the of the things they some of the posts they put put out or you feel oh you want you you, you have to guard your mental state you have to guard your your spirituality as well but then one of the things i said is we have to use the replacement theory if they are putting out posts that we do not like you have to replace them with positive posts and the more you post positive things the more people see positivity on twitter so and then positivity will replace negativity and all, all, all those toxic um, posts that people put out there. So if, when I feel like living, I tell myself, no, I have a duty to do here. So I have to keep posting those positive things so that at least they will keep replacing the negative negative things. And... Uh, <laughs> continue, and, Father. Yes, and today, the social media has become a new pulpit. So digital witnessing, a place where people can meet because where do you find most people today, they are on the media. And our task as witnesses 
is to take the message of the gospel to where the people are and where are they they are on the media if we shy away from that responsibility then our people on the media will learn the wrong thing from other people so it is our duty to go there to tell them the right thing so that is why i'm this is one of the things that has kept me there to to be there because you know you have a duty to these people they are catholics they are christians and they want to know the right thing to do it's just like when a parent does not um does not do his work with a father or a mother does not do his work as a parent when you don't tell your teach your child the right thing the child goes to school or mingles with his friends and then he learns the wrong thing from them it is the same with our work as evangelizers as witnesses you have to tell the people the right thing show them the right way so if one chooses to go the wrong way then you know you have done your duty but it comes a failure on our side when we don't teach people the right thing and then they learn the wrong the wrong thing then we have failed in our responsibility towards them so that is that father talked about social media and i think it's something we can really stress on especially in this age and generation everyone in this age now is is about the it's about social media anything you want to do if it's not on the internet you are not doing it it, it doesn't exist as you said mm-hmm. what they used to get to us we should use it to get to them also and digital witnessing no um something like response theory or something like that okay okay replacement theory yes so replacement theory because in, in I, i i was speaking to to a priest recently and i told him that why is it that whenever you post something about christianity about church about jesus you, you, you don't get likes you don't get retweets nobody even cares most time you will not even get any engagement at all and 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 he was saying that nobody really cares about what we want to say nobody wants to wants to engage in things like that because it's it's something spiritual you understand and he says that should not stop us from doing what to do on social media that should not dis- distract or or discourage us from evangelizing on on social media and I don't know if Father knows Clubhouse. I I joined Clubhouse recently and I met a large number of people on Clubhouse who are Catholics and they have a Catholic group there also called Catholic Club. I was really 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 surprised. Up to like a, a thousand Nigerians are on that platform, always having their compliance, their vespers, always having having daily reflections. It was really wonderful. It was really wonderful. So. Since you are in this time and age, you you said there are different methods to evangelize, and that is true. But is it important, or is it still an obligation for all of us to use our social media to talk about Jesus? Because in in the Bible, Jesus said we should we should serve Him with all our might, with all our might, our spirit, our soul, our body, our strength. So, and social media is part of our might, so to say. Do you consider it an obligation for us to use social media since social media is now the the communication system of our age do you think it is it is a must for every individual to use social media yes yes given the signs of the time age i think we cannot do without the social media we cannot do without the media we cannot do the, do without the advancements area of science and te- technology science and technology have also provided us with a way of bearing witness what was not there before what i spoke about digital witnessing 
as witnesses, if we are to witness with whatever we have and wherever we are, I think we have to we have the social media handles and we are always on this on the uh, on the social media and with what we have we have to evangelize and from where we are we have to begin from there to do the work of evangelism and in this time it is very important using the social media to evangelize because where are the people today they are on the media it's possible you even go to houses maybe if you you are the kind of witness or evangelizer that that and that go from house to house in order to minister to people to evangelize to people it's possible you go to somebody's house you're talking to them and then the person will be on his or her phone where is the person the person is on the media chatting with someone else so the person is not even paying attention to you so but then you make a post the person sees it i always say this most often we underrate the power of a single post the power of a single post it has the power to transform someone's life you may just make one post one post that uplifts the spirit don't know the situation someone is facing and then the person's life is transformed the person is relieved so let us not be discouraged to use the social media as catalysts as christians to propagate our faith most often it can be difficult because the the social media is like a big market and the message of the gospel most often it, it doesn't attract so many attention many people are not attracted to it so there are other posts you make and then you find engagements you find likes you find comments you find retweets you find serious engagement on that such post that is where the, the attention of, of many people is but then we should not be discouraged even when we make posts and then uh, we don't get don't get engagement we should keep on doing that let us be resilient in doing that. Most often people read, people read, but then they, they, they shy away from engaging on that particular post. Maybe because of societal expectations, they don't want to appear religious, they don't want to appear churches, so they say they just read it and then they don't do anything to it. But don't be discouraged when your post don't get traction, when your post don't get engagement. Keep on doing that. People are reading, even when they are not commenting, even when they are not liking it. And your post is touching life. Your post is making impact in the life of the people. So we have to take the social media by the storm. We have to use it because it is a tool that our time has given us. A tool that we can use to bear witness to Christ and to our faith. Yes, Father has said absolutely everything we want to talk about. Evangelization and witnessing, defending Christ and testifying to him and to his church. Before, before we go, we are already rounding up this uh, trend that there, there, there's this matter that, that was trending on, on the internet I think last week was it last week or last two weeks it was about um, the US politicians criticizing the church for weaponizing the Eucharist and a congressman stating that he dares the church not to give him communion and so on and so forth so there are two sides I know father is aware of this of this because I've seen a tweet relating to something like that that father has, has made so there are two sides some support the politicians that no matter what your belief is nobody should be denied communion they always try to bring a proof from from the bible where jesus did not deny his body and blood from judas iscariot that might i don't know maybe the interpretation is right or wrong there is another side there's on the side of the church that you can't be living in mortal sin and still 
want to be in communion with Christ. And, and, and they say, even the church is doing you a great favor to refuse your communion because you are publicly, you are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are in the public saying something contradictory to the Catholic Church. And therefore, you are not worthy to, to come to the communion. There are these two sides. I don't know. Can Father clarify that issue? Who is right? Who is wrong? Even some priests, I know of a Franciscan that supports the US politicians, the President Biden and so on, and the congressmen, and some support the, the other side. Can Father enlighten us on that? Who is right? Who is wrong? And why are they right or wrong? Okay, I don't think it is an issue about being right or being wrong. It's about following what the church teaches. And the teachings of the church are very clear. It is not as if that as priests or Eucharistic ministers, we are meant to be judges. No, we are not judging anyone. Yes, it is true that everyone has right to the sacrament, but that right to the sacrament is not absolute. There is even no right that is absolute. <laughs> so it is also the right to receive the sacraments of the church. That cannot be denied to anyone. But there are circumstances that will make a priest or a minister of the Eucharist to deny communion to a communicant and the canon law said that very clearly that when somebody is resists in a manifest grave sin the person shouldn't be given communion manifest something that is public grave sin something that is mortal but the person persists in doing that already that is scandalous and it is public mm. when somebody is publicly supporting abortion when you know that the church is for life and you are publicly supporting abortion and you've been told about it and you persist in remaining with your opinion and not changing your position then that right you have to the sacrament you have to communion will have to be taken away from you and that is what is happening now in the us that the president supports abortion has even sponsored abortion rallies and the person is a catholic and the person still comes to receive the holy communion so that is what the church is saying that no this person he can't continue receiving the holy communion he has to change his ways and if the person doesn't change his ways then he can no longer continue to receive communion i know there are different opinions people are saying oh the church is acting like a judge that all after all we all are sinners so who are you to judge the other so i think this passage that we don't judge i think people always misinterpret that passage of the bible where jesus said don't judge and you shouldn't be judged we shouldn't judge others so that we ourselves won't be judged doesn't mean that we shouldn't correct one who is erring. After all, it is a, a spiritual work of mercy to instruct sinners, instruct those who are going astray. So US Catholic uh, Conference of Catholic Bishops are trying to bring this man back. I think they are doing a spiritual work of mercy. They are trying to bring him back to the fold. They are telling him that he is going in the wrong path and he needs to come back. And that is a work of mercy. We cannot be Catholic and be doing things that, that the Catholic Church abhors. Yes. The church is for life. You are against life, then you are out of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you very much, Father. Thank you for clearing that issue. I hope everyone listening can now get a better view, a better judgment of that issue because these are the scandals that come in place in the church during these times. People, Catholics having issues against themselves, dividing and so on and so forth. Thank you for, for clarifying that issue. Your, your final words to us about this topic to us Catholics about becoming Catholic witnesses and about testifying about Jesus Christ and, and his church to others. Yes, I think on the course of this uh, podcast, we have been able to look at the topic becoming a Catholic witness. We began by saying that 
being a witness is our responsibility. So we all are commissioned in the same way that Christ commissioned his disciples shortly before his ascension to bear witness to him to the ends of the earth. We too, being today's disciples of Christ, we are meant to carry on that mandate, mandate of being or bearing witness. So when we do not do it, we are failing in our responsibility as Christians and we can bear witness to our faith in different ways, so through our word, through our action, through our attitude. And we can bear witness wherever we find ourselves. So we cannot give excuse that our work or our schedule uh, does not permit us to bear witness. Wherever you find yourself, wherever you are at home or in your workplace, in school, in the marketplaces, begin to bear witness there. Let people see that the way you live and the way you conduct yourself, the way you comport yourself, your action, your attitude, the way you talk to others, the way you carry yourself, that there is something different about you, that you are Christ-like. And that is already a way of witnessing or bearing witness. Today, and our world is in need of witnesses. Our world is in need of witnesses, not just ordinary, any kind of witness, authentic witnesses. <laughs> because it is one thing to be a witness, it is a different thing to be an authentic witness. It is the authenticity of our Christian witnessing that will attract people to us. Because if our life is different from what we say by our word of mouth, people won't listen to us. We cannot be working for God, but not working with Him. We have to be authentic witnesses. Because when we are authentic witnesses, then we are not easily swayed by, by public opinion. Because if somebody who is authentic is not easily moved. Like I said before, you cannot be one thing in the day and be a different thing at night. As Catholic witnesses, we have to be authentic. People are not easily moved by what they hear. They are moved by what they see us do. So what we preach to others, they should see it in our life. And it is only then that our, our message can bear fruit in their life. It is only then that the message of bearing witness to our faith can bring them to conversion. Because the purpose of witnessing is conversion of heart to make the other person better, to bring the light of Christ to the person. Just like what then John tells us in the gospel, John chapter 1 verse 7, when John said, He came as a witness to the light. Through him, others may come to believe in the light. Through us too, as witnesses, others may come to believe in Christ. Because in us, they see Christ. Because to be a witness is to make Christ present in us to others. We also have to be very careful because bearing witness also comes with challenges. And the challenge we witness in bearing witness does not lie in the fact that the work is enormous. It comes from the fact that those we witness to, most often they don't accept our message. They don't, they don't accept the message, what we tell them. There are, we often meet with oppositions. So when we meet with oppositions, let us not be discouraged. Another thing is that very many of us are ill-equipped. We are not well-equipped with cat cases. So you are bearing witness to somebody, you are testifying about your faith to someone, but then you do not know about your faith. The person asks you a question and then you are not able to explain your faith to someone else. That already puts someone off. So we need to go back to our cat cases so that before we can bring the message to others, we are sure that we know what the message is about and how best to convey that message. When we do that, we know surely that the message is reaching to the ends of the earth. And like I said before, very many of us, they shy. The, the shyness comes in the fact that we know what appear to the world say they're religious. Uh, they go say, and uh, this one, I need to carry church for head. 
we all want to appear classy, nobody wants to appear religious. But let us not be shy in professing our faith in public. Look at the Protestants. You see them every day, they are marching on the road, going from house to house, giving out flyers to people. But most often you find young Catholics, they are scared, they are shy to do that. You find people who are, most often you notice it, notice it in the public um, buses, public vehicles. Somebody has a rosary, maybe somebody decides to say the rosary on, on the course of the journey. But, but then the person doesn't want to be noticed. So what did the person go do? He go hide the rosary so that nobody will say, ah, this person is a holy man or this person is a Catholic or this person is good or this person is praying. Not as if you make a public manifestation or you show everybody, oh, I'm praying. Then that becomes hypocritical. Remember that aspect after the prof- profession of faith, the faith, and we are proud to profess it in Christ Jesus. Amen. We should be proud also to profess our faith. We will know the shy. That is our faith and it is who we are. We should identify with it because that is our identity as Christians. So thank you for the invitation and thank you for the time you have given me to speak about this. I hope also that this may also touch others that we may take the task of, of, of witnessing very seriously and may our witnessing bear fruit the life of the church, the life of the society and the life of those we encounter in our day-to-day lives. Thank you very much, Father, for honoring this invitation, for agreeing to be the first guest on this episode. I am really, really grateful. Thank you for taking out your time this night. For everybody listening, it is 10.44 p.m. right now, and Father is supposed to be on his bed, but because of the interview, he's he's here with me. So thank you, Father, for for your time. And I really, really appreciate it. Once again, thank you very much, Father. Please give us the, the final blessing. And while we we'll go on to reflect on this, on these words, on these words and, and enlightenment. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. It was in the beginning, it is now, and never shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And through the intercession of Mary, our mother, the star of evangelization, and through the prayers of the martyrs who bore witness to Christ, may the Almighty God bless us and strengthen us in our task of witnessing in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. And with your spirit. I'm hoping to, to launch a, a store, like an online Catholic store. Where people can get Catholic items, whatever Catholic items, frames, very cool, yes, books, whatever. So, is that so? Yes, because I, I noticed that there is no online presence for things like that in Nigeria. That is a good, that is a good plan. I hope it works out well.